Oh, hi, I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 89. There's a lot to talk about, so let me just get right to it. I have one main story that is connected to a bunch of little stories, and uh, I think that's going to take up most of this podcast. So the the, the two things I want to get to before I get to the main thing is uh, is entertainment, the entertainment industry. It's it's all so tiresome. It's always the same, and it's getting worse and worse. So first, and and I'm gonna go with this first because it's gonna go in order with with the events, and and uh, I wanted to talk about this last Friday, but kind of ran out of time. And it's good that I waited because now I got to see the movie. So Birds of Prey, it bombed, it bombed. Not a surprise, by the way. It's not a surprise because. That movie, uh, the marketing was terrible. They they named it wrong. They changed the name of the movie today, by the way. So the movie bombed. It was supposed to open north of sixty million, which is pretty modest. That's good. Like that would have been good for a comic book movie. That's that's okay, not amazing, but it's good, right? And uh, it opened with half of that. It barely made thirty million dollars, and then worldwide, it was, op- it was supposed to open north of a hundred million worldwide. Altogether, it did $79 million worldwide opening weekend. Really bomb. It's a, it's a huge failure. So they changed the name of the movie today. They changed the name. Instead of Birds of Prey, it's Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, or something like that. Besides the point. And you know what? I'm talking about a movie that failed. So most likely, you're listening to this podcast. You didn't even see that movie. You didn't even know that that movie came out. And that is... that is uh, There's many, many variables, but, but there's... There's signs before, and if you if you try to pay attention to patterns and certain signs, you you kind of can figure out the future. It's like the impeachment shit. I mean, that one's not even hard. That's like an easy one. So for two years or three years, they go on and on and on and on about impeachment, and they finally get to do it. And you know the outcome, especially if you pay attention. You know Trump's still going to be president. You know that that's going to backfire. But the media put all their chips in it. And when the media does that, now, lately, it's because they're desperate. Now, it's because they don't control the narrative anymore. So it's kind of like with uh, what's happening with the woke movement and, and in, in entertainment. So if you look at movies, for example, in the 80s, the 80s was like the best decade for movies uh a lot of people say the 70s and whatever but 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 the 80s is when they really experimented so there wasn't anything there wasn't any um there wasn't a catalog of uh of brands that they 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 uh made their products out of they that's when the the brands were invented Star Wars is the late 70s and then you have Indiana Jones you have everything coming out in the 80s and that's because the studios took a chance 
And now they try to play with our emotions and our thirst for nostalgia, for a thirst for a better time, and they keep rebooting all these movies. So now, but now we're at the point where they figured out, oh shit, comic book movies make money. So there was a the last ten years, or t- two thousand eight till now, basically, Marvel figured it out. They franchised it. They did McDonald's. They they have a formula that works, and they make the movies uh, all the same. They can get different filmmakers, different actors, diff- but but the movies are still made the same way. And if they deviate from that, if the directors that they get deviate from that, they fire them because the directors don't matter anymore. It's almost like a showrunner of a TV show. So Marvel figured it out. Marvel even figured out how to do the whole woke thing. So, so you know, a lot of people like Star Wars failed miserably with the woke, the woke storylines and the woke casting. I mean, you, you, they failed in the sense. Okay, so, so this I'm going all over the place, but but Star Wars basically all their movies gross worldwide over a billion and that's because that's that's a name that is so strong that it can overcome but where it failed was it doubled down on the woke messaging and now they're gonna scale back how many movies they're gonna make now they kind of realized oh shit we are ruining the brand so it looks like for now star wars is kind of gonna gonna the the Disney is gonna put Star Wars to the side for now and recalibrate. So that's how that's how they failed. But Marvel figured it out. Like Marvel did Black Panther, which was a huge success, and Captain Marvel, which was a huge success. Both of those movies I thought were pieces of shit. But the market spoke and those were successful films. Where what Hollywood doesn't realize is that that is that is Marvel. And they are pretty much the most powerful studio. Again, it's Disney. But everyone else trying just doesn't understand how to do it. And they do it in such a... I'm not saying Marvel was very... Um, uh, what What's the word? Marvel wasn't very... Uh, they didn't bat... Like, I'm not saying they didn't bash it over your head. They Marvel wasn't so subtle about it, but it's... compared to everyone else they're they're extremely subtle and cut to birds of prey which again there's a long list of 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 woke movies that bomb utterly bomb the ghostbusters movie charlie's angels of the kitchen uh i can't even remember because because i i tend to forget these movies pretty quickly I, i watch them and then i tend to forget them pretty quickly but this week it's Birds of Prey, which did way worse than expected. And the signs that I was mentioning was uh, it, it, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes comes out with all the reviews. It aggregate, aggregates all the reviews, and, and it has a huge score. It's an amazing score. It's, at, it's in the 90%, which, again, don't trust that. Don't trust any of that. And then, and then I had to go through all of the reviews because I wanted to see, okay, I want to see what these reviews are. I want to see how good how how they're raving about it. And the good re- no one was raving about it. They gave it good reviews because in this day and age, in this woke culture we live in, we feel like we have to give certain things a pass. Now, the lovely thing about art is a lot of people say it's subjective, and I I don't. 
I don't. I don't think it's subjective. And this is kind of my proof. Is that this movie got raving rave, rave reviews. Like like from the the if you if you pull back and, and you don't look at the reviews with a microscope, they it looks like it's getting rave reviews. <laughs> so I I gave some examples of um of the I tweeted some examples. I highlighted some of the these these amazing reviews it got. So it says nowadays art no, I not, it doesn't say this is what I wrote. I said nowadays art is only satisfactory or viable if it pushes a woke narrative. Even if it's terrible, it's good. Got it? So he, let me read you some reviews. Uh she relentlessly perpetuates bad behavior in an R-rated milieu too, but she's lashing out at low-life sexists, so you don't feel bad that she's hurting people. So this is the hero of the movie. So it got her, this is this is the 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 highlight it got on Rotten Tomatoes. This is this review. This is this is what they picked out in that whole review of why this is a good movie. So this is a good movie according to this critic because uh, she's lashing out at low-life sexists, and you know, she's it, it. It's empowering women. This is empowering women. Imagine if you're a woman. I mean, you don't really have to have to imagine if you're a woman. It's not that hard to imagine. You don't have to imagine. So just go into your brain and think. Imagine being the type of person that that needs these kinds of movies to feel empowered. That's a false narrative. That's what these market the marketing departments of of these studios come up with. They're like, "Oh, they're going to love this. The women are going to love this because it's going to make them feel empowered." And you know what? Critics are going to love this because they're going to feel like they have to. I don't buy it. I don't buy that people go to a movie to feel empowered. Like that is crazy. When people complain about movies like 1917 because it's all white people and it's all men, um those are the loudest of, of, of they're they're a loud minority because I don't go into that movie and think, oh I uh this resonates with me because those are white men. No, it resonated with me because it's it's the human condition. The looking at young kids going into war and 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 the fear that they that they uh portray and what they have to go through. That that is something anyone can relate to. Not saying that we all go into war, but th- these are these are feelings that we can all relate to. So, none of this makes sense. But let me read you another one. Uh, it manages to be authentic without being heavy-handed. Not true, and happily obliterates the male gaze in a technical technicolor firework display. It obliterates the male gaze. Remember that uh, that guy who called out the other guy about this movie because uh, okay. Let me step back for a second. A couple weeks ago on this podcast, I mentioned that someone was was um, was saying that this movie is going to bomb because the women in it look ugly and and you know who is that? Who is this for? I don't understand. Blah blah blah. And then this other guy shot on that guy, and I agreed with the original guy. I agreed that yeah, I don't understand who this is for because comic book movies are consumed mainly by nerdy dudes or by dudes in general. Um, we want to see pretty women. We want to see pretty things on the screen. The male gaze is a good thing. I mean, just look at the movie Mad Max, the the one that came out five years ago. I can't imagine a woman making that movie. Sorry, just can't. 
uh, or, or again, 1917, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It, you, the male gaze is something to to revere. And in this, though, <laughs> this it's a positive. This review is positive when it, it says it obliterates the male gaze because really, to these people, the male gaze is, is yeah, dance for me. And there was actually a scene in the movie where the bad guy who is probably gay, like the character is probably gay, that, was, that wasn't uh, so clear, uh, made a woman undress and dance because he's so evil. And again, this is a film that was made by women, like written and directed and produced and all that. And, uh, and pretty much every dude in that in that movie was uh, a piece of shit. Pretty much every dude, like like even the captain of the the police force, he he's only captain because he took credit for the woman's job. Like this this was heavy handed. This was extremely heavy-handed. It was not subtle at all. And and by the way, I'm not mad. I'm just amazed that that studios will put in hundreds of millions of dollars into these kinds of movies and they repeatedly keep on failing. Unless you're Star Wars or Marvel or Disney in general, um you're going to be losing money. I guess I guess Disney can 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 uh, take the risk, but uh, the other studios I don't I can't imagine this is good for them. I can't imagine they're really happy that that yeah at least we got to push out this woke message. Another <laughs> another uh, review is Birds of Prey further dispels the assumption that superhero slash comic book comic book films are just for the guys, as it offers fun and action with a serious message at its core. You see a serious message at its core. It's 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 heavy handed. And not only that, but um, I guess I guess the movie failing uh, proved that yeah, it is just for the guys. Sorry, critic. Sorry, but you're wrong. To those who still think that women can't do superheroes, the joke's on you. Spoke a little too soon there, movie critic. Uh, and the best one, my favorite one, which which surmises everything I have to say about this, and I'm gonna move on is uh, this review that is a 5 out of... So this is a positive review that is a 5 out of 10. Uh, I've in, When I was in high school and I got a 5 out of 10, meaning 50 on a test, that was never a good thing. I've, I mean, I didn't care, but it was never a good thing. I never showed anyone that I got a 5 out of 10. Hey, guys, look at this. I'm the half-smartest person in this class. Um, so this, this review is my favorite. So it's a five out of five out of 10 and it says total mixed bag doesn't merit a rotten or a fresh tomato, but representation is important, which just tips the scale to fresh. You saw that it got extra points for representation, which brings me to the Oscars. Now I watched the Oscars again, so I can talk about it with you guys. Again, it's it's a it's one of the main cultural events. It's like the one week is the Super Bowl and then the next week is the Oscars and I hate both of them, but I kind of have to watch it. Because I I have to understand, I have to see what's happening. I have to I have to see what people are consuming. It's that that is what's interesting to me, not the content, but what are people consuming? That to me is what's the most interesting. So the Oscars uh by the way, the lowest rated Oscars ever. They, you go woke, you go broke, and they keep doing it. They keep doing it. 
it started so um the oscars um let me see oscars so woke you know one year they got upset because no one black got nominated which again pretty much this year that was the case except one or two people and uh, you can never please people who are tied to identity politics if if they are if their main mission is representation and uh, identity and uh, inclusivity and diversity they will never be satiated because there isn't there's no real answer these people are professional uh, outrage artists they're supposed to be outraged or else they have no identity so it's less about um, it's less about representation and identity politics, and it's more about this is my personality from now on, and I will never be appeased. So, <laughs> oh, this is actually this this headline I I got is actually pretty honest. Let me let me read the the article, but it says uh, the Oscars roasts itself as presenters and winners get political. Joaquin Phoenix wasn't the only Oscar winner to get political at Sunday night's ceremony, uh, which I will play for you. I'll play his speech for you. From a lack of diversity among the nominees themselves to government dysfunction uh, on the national stage, Oscar presenters and award winners didn't shy away from political from the political during Sunday night ceremony. Everyone from Janelle Monet to Natalie Portman to Brad Pitt weighed in on the issue. Yeah, Natalie Portman on her dress, she stitched the names of all the female directors from this past year and uh and she stitched it on her dress cuz they didn't get nominated. Cuz there's a worldwide there's <laughs> there's a worldwide conspiracy among uh, uh uh academy voters who were also some of them are female. And th- th- these are all liberal liberals, by the way. So, so within their own liberal world, there's a conspiracy to keep women down, which is still crazy, right? You'd think that that these people would all think the same, but I guess they, I guess they don't. I guess they uh, maybe it's a subconscious form of discrimination. So, it, th- yeah, it, it actually opens with uh, Janelle Monet. So it says here, I'll read this for you. Janelle Monae sets the... T- and by the way, she's a queer, black artist. I just have to put that in there because it's a big part of her thing. Janelle Monae set the tenor of the evening with an opening musical number that included the line, The Oscars, It's So White, It's Time to Come Alive, and paid homage to films including Dolomite Is My Name. The acclaimed comedy with the blah, blah, blah. The fact that... Yeah, and then this complains about... um. The only person of color nominated was the Harriet Tubman girl. No one saw that movie. No one cares about that movie. And uh, so it starts off with her singing, and it's it's a bunch of... Uh, I think there was one white person on stage with her. And that's by design. That's like a big fuck you. And uh, And then there was jokes here and there. It's just... It's amazing how how these people really think that they're relevant. It, again, it, it goes back to the mainstream media. The mainstream media has had the power forever. The entertainment industry has had all the power forever. And, and it's slowly slipping away. The wonderful thing about the Birds of Prey bombing was the fact that you can't hide it. Like Netflix. You, you can't hide the free market. 
and you can't change the narrative and and they 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 they're belittling themselves this is their award ceremony these are all liberals this is their award ceremony and they're belittling themselves so the i mean there was a whole <laughs> there's a whole uh performance by an obese woman i she had to have been over 400 pounds and uh and then there was a person in a wheelchair also so they got all the people in there they got all the diversity in there and none of this really offends me nothing really offends me it's just so predictable and it's so funny so people had remarks here and there but the 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 two main ones that we should talk about are uh Brad Pitt's speech and Joaquin Phoenix's speech now there were reports that Brad Pitt paid a political speechwriter to write his speech. And it opens with a joke that pretty much falls flat. And uh, and it's funny because the joke is about how they should have let... The Republicans should have let John Bolton testify in the impeachment. And they didn't. And that's a failure and blah, blah, blah. These people are all sucking up to John Bolton. For those of you that don't know, he worked for Trump in his uh, cabinet, but he's also been a fixture in in the political world for the past 20, 30 years. And this dude is a big piece of shit. John Bolton is a neoconservative. He's he's like the type of uh, Republican that, that, that George Bush was. He wants to go to war with everyone. The reason Trump fired him was because he kept on wanting to go to war with everyone and i think that annoyed the shit out of trump but now that he wrote a a scathing book about trump uh he's on the left side so they forget all these things they forget that he's a neocon that wanted to basically go to world war three and they forget about it like brad pitt forgot about it doesn't matter as long as they hate trump because the number one thing is to hate trump so his speech let me just play you the beginning where his his joke comes in and it kind of falls flat and the sad thing is that I like him. I like him. I like his movies. I like uh, his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So let's play it. Wow. Thank you. This is incredible. Really incredible. Thank you to the Academy for this honor of honors. They told me I only have 45 seconds up here, which is 45 seconds more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. I'm thinking maybe Quentin does a movie about it. In the end, the adults do the right thing. Womp womp. There you go. That's the joke. That's 30 seconds of a two-minute speech. That's just stupid. You didn't need to do that. And by the way, it's it's uh imagine like this is your biggest night as a as an actor, and you devote the first portion of your speech to something that is irrelevant right away. It's already irrelevant. It's done. It's old news. No one He's going to rewatch this uh, in 20 years and be like, what the, what was I talking about? What is this? Who's John Bolton? No one's going to remember what any of that meant because it didn't mean anything at the time that he said it. And they keep doing this. You're All you're doing is making people in middle America who buy your movie tickets and buy your DVDs and whatever streaming bullshit services, and you're just um, alienating them. What's the point of that? 
maybe it's just that these people have so much money and they're too comfortable that it doesn't matter to them anymore. Let's move on to Joaquin Phoenix's, and, and it's just funny because this is the second speech in as many weeks from Joaquin. And I'll give you a little a little context beforehand. Um, Joaquin's been really, really uh, campaigning to win this. Like he's this is this is this is his chance. He's been campaigning hard to win this, going to all the events, talking to all the right people, and so on. And uh, he can't help himself. But the thing is, he understands that people, the people in the audience and the people in the entertainment industry eat this shit up. And they like hearing about these kinds of issues without realizing that they're all hypocrites, that they all fly private planes, that they all eat what they want to eat. And I'm not mad at that. Fly your private planes. Eat what you want to eat. But stop being hypocrites. They have no self-awareness. So Joaquin Phoenix's speech is is uh it's kind of all over the place. It's so all over the place that I ended up agreeing with him on one thing, which is the cancel culture thing in the end, where I don't even know if he made that point on purpose, but what you're going to realize also in the speech is that this is an act. He's one of the best actors alive today, and uh, as much as I hate how he is publicly, I can't, I can't uh, ignore the fact that I think he's still a really good actor, and I'm going to see whatever movie he comes out with because he chooses his ro- roles very carefully. And uh, he puts a lot of work into his roles. I can separate those two things, kind of like Tom Cruise is a fucking crazy Scientologist, but I don't give a fuck because he is a really hard worker. He will go above and beyond for whatever movie he's working on, so I'll still watch his movies. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix, in this speech, I will play it for you probably in its entirety. He is acting. This is an act. This is not sincere. So let's play this. I've been thinking a lot about some of the distressing issues that we are facing collectively. And I think at times we feel or we're made to feel that we champion different causes. But for me, I see commonality. I think whether we're talking about gender inequality or racism or queer rights or indigenous rights or animal rights, we're talking about the fight against injustice. We're talking about the fight against the belief that one nation, one people, one race, one gender, or one species has the right to dominate, control, and use and exploit another with impunity. Um, I think that we've become very disconnected from the natural world and many of us, what we're guilty of is an egocentric worldview, the belief that we're the center of the universe. We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow and when she gives birth, we steal her baby even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. And then we take her milk that's intended for her calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. And I think we fear the idea of personal change because we think that we have to sacrifice something to give something up. But human beings at our best are so inventive and creative and ingenious. And I think that when we 
use love and compassion as our guiding principles, so we can create, develop, and implement systems of change that are beneficial to all sentient beings and to the environment. Now, I've been... No idea I've been a scoundrel in my life. I've been selfish. I've been cruel at times, hard to work with, and ungrateful. But so many of you in this room have given me a second chance. And I think that's when we're at our best, when, when we support each other, not when we cancel each other out for past mistakes, yeah, but when we help each other to grow, when we educate each other, when we guide each other towards redemption. That is the best of humanity. I'm so empowered right now. I just, I wanna, um, when you, when, when he, when he was when he was when he was 17, my brother wrote this lyric. He said, "Run to the rescue with love and peace will follow." Thank you. That last part was acting. He up until so his brother died when he was uh, 18 or something or 17, uh, and uh, from overdose, I think. His brother died in the early 90s. Whatever. So up until now, he has never spoken about it. But since he, since he's been campaigning so hard, then this is when he chose to start talking about his brother. This whole thing was insincere. But uh, for some reason, I'm just I feel so empowered right now, and uh, I feel like I want to save the world. But uh, before that, I have to quit drinking milk, and then I'll save the world. So that's the whole Oscar thing. We don't need to get into any more specifics you guys get the picture it's not surprising but it's always good to know what's happening because these are the people who push narratives the, this is how change in culture happens and we've been conditioned also to think that change is good that change in culture is good and i'm here to tell you that no it's not the reason is it's not because we as humans we're not at our best right now we're only at our best right now w with regards to technology with regards to how we can instantaneously know what's happening all over the world and, and, and at our fingertips with a thing that is so much more sophisticated than the whole space pr program of the 1960s, which is a phone. We're so good at technology and medicine. Other than that, we're utter messes. We're a giant failure with everything, with everything. And it's nothing to be happy about. So when people start talking about change and progress, they're talking about it as if it's a good thing. And I'm here to tell you it's not. It's a bad thing. Because all, all of our answers lie in the past. Uh, and it's with everything. It's with everything that I've been talking about. So put technology and medicine to the side. And literally everything before that is uh, the answers are in the past. And we continually ignore that fact. And the main story that I'm going to talk about on this podcast is the death of the nuclear family, which is a, a giant article from The Atlantic that came out yesterday that was trending all over yesterday that it is so stupid. And and in the it's it's like a movie that can that that you could you saw the potential and you're like, holy shit. I hate this movie so much because it was so close to being amazing. And that's what this article is. 
Before I get to that article, though, I'm going to give you some examples of things that I've been witnessing the past week or so that that will give you a really nice picture and it will lead lead up into this article so perfectly that you're going to be like, man, I'm so glad I listened to this podcast and Sadwater slash Josh is a genius and also very humble, a stable genius. So the first thing that I want to talk about is a tweet I saw. Um, I love Twitter. The reason why I love Twitter is because uh, you can consume it in so many different ways where it's so harmful to you. Kind of like uh, if you if you walk over to black Twitter and it's just world star videos, you know, people beating up people, then that's not the right way to do it. It, it can be such an amazing tool if you use it correctly. And the way I like to use it is I follow a bunch of detectives, people who are better than me at seeing patterns and who remember things from six years ago. So this detective found um he didn't find he probably saved this because he was like oh in seven years i'm going to tweet about this so it uh the tweet says in 2013 bloomberg praised a woman for freezing her eggs in order to focus on career years later all her attempts to get pregnant failed why hasn't bloomberg put her back on the cover for an update so this is the cover of bloomberg uh business week magazine it says and it's a picture of her already clearly looking pretty old and um it says uh freeze your eggs free your career a new fertility procedure gives women more choice uh choices in the quest for having it all <laughs> uh it's amazing that they forget you can't have your cake and eat it too it's like such an old saying i'm gonna guess that saying is from the 1300s and I'm probably completely wrong, but that's my guess. My guess is is it's uh, 700 years old. And we keep forgetting that you can't have your cake and eat it too. So um, then cut to same woman, different article, Washington Post. The struggle to conceive with frozen eggs. Bridget Adams became the poster child for freezing your eggs, but things didn't work out how she imagined. Imagine my shock. Uh, in this article, it says two eggs failed to survive the thawing process. Three more failed to fertilize. The that that left six embryos, of which five appeared to be abnormal. The last one was implanted in her uterus. On the morning of March seventh, she got the devastating news that it too had failed. Adams was not pregnant, and her chances of carrying her genetic child had dropped to near zero. She remembers screaming like a wild animal, throwing books, papers, her laptop, and collapsing to the ground. It was one of the worst days of my life. There were so many emotions. I was sad. I was angry. I was ashamed. She said, I questioned, why me? What did I do wrong? Everything. Everything you did was wrong. You believed the narrative that all these people keep pushing. Again, all of our answers lie in the past. The way we evolved. The way that nature shaped us is how we're supposed to be. Just watch any nature show. Watch how the men, uh, the, the male animals, try to have sex with the female animals. Because everything is about keeping your genes alive. The reason why we have sacrifice, the reason why we have heroic people, is it's not because these are better people than us. It all It's all within us. If we have skin in the game, 
we will sacrifice ourselves. If we have our genes in the game, then we're going to sacrifice ourselves to ensure that we continue on. These these tech billionaires that want to live forever don't realize that, yes, you already do live forever. Have babies. That's how you live forever. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I keep going back to this. People keep thinking, I'm a sexist, or I'm a racist, or I'm whatever-ist. No. All I'm talking about is we need to go back. I am not a, a sexist. The, 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 the <laughs> it's, it's almost as if everyone's a zombie and everyone has bought into this propaganda. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, hey, guys, uh, let's, let's just look at what we used to do. We don't need therapy. We, we're not all de- we all don't need to be depressed. Look at what we used to do just 100 years ago. And let's do that. You're a racist. You're a sexist. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. I'm the one who hasn't been bitten, and I'm trying to convert people back to what we used to be. It's such a shame because I don't have kids right now, but I do have skin in the game in the sense that I am living in the best country in the world, and I'm watching it deteriorate at a rapid rate I could, because I live in Los Angeles, and I'm seeing it. I've been here for almost 10 years, and I'm seeing that in 10 years. 10 years is not a long time, but I'm seeing it crumble quickly, and it's extremely sad. So this is one example. So I tweeted. I said, this is the lie being sold to generations of women, harsh reality. It's, it's absolutely insane. Look at the jobs women are even doing. Most of them are fucking stupid. <laughs> like, and I'm not disparaging women for doing stupid jobs. These jobs, like, to, to, to trade having a family for, for a stylist job is insane. It's, it's, it's so crazy. And, and, and by the way, the, 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 the rich and famous people who freeze their eggs and then they end up having kids, you know how much they end up spending? Half a million dollars, maybe? I, I don't think you have that money. I don't think you have that money. This brings me to my next thing. Abortion. Abortion used to be a thing that you did in private and you never spoke about. And, and it was like the last resort. And you were shamed, ashamed about it. And we've erased shame. And we've traded it in for pride. And that is insane to me. We need to feel shame. We need to realize when we're doing something wrong. Think about that for a second. We need to realize when we're doing something wrong. We're not all saints. Every one of us sins. And that is fine. But realize when you're doing it. And the problem with the abortion movement right now is everyone's wearing it as a, as a badge of honor. And everyone's loud and proud about their abortion. They just... Killing a baby, basically, is, uh, is as if they saved a life and they're heroic. And they're like Captain Marvel or Birds of Prey bullshit. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like they, um, they need to feel empowered with garbage superhero movies because of all the the real bad things that they've done deep down they know it's not good but hook line and sinker they buy into the propaganda so the reason i'm bringing up abortion right now 
it, it's it's actually always a relevant topic, but this is this is so fucking crazy. I saw this and I'm like, oh, this is fake. This is fake, and it wasn't fake. <laughs> this got probably at the time of that 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 I last saw it, it had like three hundred thousand likes. Like everyone was clapping at it. It's kind of like let me go back to the Oscars for a second. You want to know how disingenuous it was? The the movie that won best movie was a really good movie. Most of the movies that got nominated were really good movies. But the way that the audience reacted to it was so disingenuous. The standing ovations, the clapping, the cheering. It was as if they um they really had to project how good they are. The virtue signaling level was, was the knob broke off for how high it was. The woman who won best um musical score one because she was a woman. The score was fine. It was okay. It wasn't the best one. I thought that it, she she did the the music for Joker. It was fine. It was weird. It was it was it was uh dark. But the the maybe 1917 should have won. But you know what? She won because she's a woman. I don't think a woman really ever won that award for score. Or maybe they get nominated way less because most composers are men. And uh you could tell with the reaction of the audience that they voted for her because she's a woman and I have no problem with her winning the award and she was pretty it was it was fine but the disingenuous reaction is what bothers me so it's the same thing with this abortion tweet disingenuous reaction to it that the fact that you're applauding someone for having an abortion and and making a funny video out of it (laughs) I'm cute I made a funny video about my abortion is 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 a society that is rotten to the core and has totally missed the boat on everything. And 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 uh, so I wrote: Women are continually being lied to. This is bizarre behavior. They are encouraged to wear their abortions as a badge of honor, and they are. The abortion narrative used to be how it was a private and challenging decision. It doesn't look like that to me anymore. So I'm gonna. It's a TikTok video. There's no. Um, I'm just gonna read you what's happening. So this girl is in front of a mirror, and she's saying, finding out my baby's gender today, kind of nervous. She's pulling up. Oh, and by the way, the song is It's a Perfect Day. It's a perfect day. I don't know the words. So she's in a hospital gown, and she's waiting, and she's smiling to hear about the gender of her baby. And then... It's a, and they hold up a sign, boarded. It's a boarded. They abort. It's about her going to get an abortion, and she made a funny video about it. <laughs> I'm so cute and and funny, and um, when I'm alone later on in life, uh, my cats will think I'm hilarious. <laughs> and then the sadness behind her eyes. Someone messaged me the other day, asking if. Uh, if I, if this is someone I dated, she messaged me very concerned about my political views. And she said, um, she said, are you, are you like, is this all real? Are you really, uh, for abortion? Uh, I mean, uh, against abortion and all that. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I said, this is what you're concerned about. Typically people are concerned about other people when they are, uh, out doing drugs and uh and drinking too much and getting too fat 
and and maybe thinking about committing suicide. That's usually when the word concerned is used. But she was concerned because I have the wrong opinions. And uh, she said, well, you know, when we dated, uh, would have if you got me pregnant, would 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 have you been against abortion? And I said that was a long time ago, and I have different beliefs. Imagine thinking that people have to be static with their beliefs. Imagine imagine um not liking people growing the older they get. And by the way, I don't know if I would have even back then. I don't know if I would have been comfortable with that. It goes against our instincts. It's it's uh I was never really for it. I I think I was more that I didn't think about that as a national issue because I wasn't really thinking about culture. I was more thinking about policy with regards to my bo- political beliefs. So I was I was like we we should ban the IRS and abolish income tax and all that, which I still believe. But um it it was more of a libertarian stance rather than a philosophical stance. So let me move on to the next thing. And then and then I'm going to get to the main article. So this podcast is going to go over in time. It's going to it's I try to make them an hour, but this is probably going to be an hour and 15. The the last topic before I get to the death of the nuclear family is I saw this today. Uh Dwayne Wade goes on Ellen DeGeneres' show and he talks about Let me read you this though. So this was trending again, trending today because he's an amazing person, and this is a this is a masculine figure that we all look up to, who's uh, with stands with trans people. And this person tweeted, "Everyone can take lessons in parenting from Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. Wade is an especially important figure for us straight men to look to. Congrats to Zaya on her decision, and kudos to the family for demonstrating real love." Hmm, what did this person accomplish? Congrats congrats to Zaya on her decision. What's her decision? I wonder what her decision is. This is a this is gonna be interesting. 1.3 million views. Oh my god, this is amazing. Let's listen. I'm gonna say proud. We are proud parents um of a child in the LGBTQ plus uh, community. And we're proud allies as well. Um and we, we take our, our roles and our responsibility as parents very seriously. Um so when I when our child comes home with a question, when our child comes home with an issue, when our child comes home with anything, it's our job as parents to listen to that, to give them the best information that we can, the best feedback that we can. Um, and that doesn't change because sexuality is now involved in it. So once Zaya, a 12-year-old, came home, um, and first Zion, everybody, I don't know if everyone knows, originally named Zion, Zion born um, as a boy, came home and said, hey, uh, so I want to talk to you guys. Um, you know, I think going forward, I'm ready to live my truth and I want to be uh, referenced as she and her. Uh, I would love for you guys to call me Zaya. Interesting. That's an, an uh, that's an accomplishment. Oh my God, you're 12 years old and you're like, I want to be a girl. I wonder where you learned that. I, it can't, it can't be that when you're 12, you're thinking about your sex and who you love and all that. That is insane. This is child abuse. In in you're getting at it from all corners. You're getting at it from home, probably from the parents, from especially probably from the mom. Uh, I doubt this is Dwayne Wade's idea. And, and the mom's an actress and isn't in that whole world. 
and uh, you're getting it from schools, you're getting it from the psychoanalysts, the, the psychiatrists and the psychologists, and you're getting it from the entertainment industry, you're getting it from all corners. So when you have a kid, you're at war every day because everyone is trying to influence your kid. Kids' minds are, are not fully formed yet. This kid is probably just gay, is probably just going to end up gay and not a girl. I really hope that they don't put this 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 kid on hormone blockers or anything like that because that would be such a travesty. And, and, and he's proud of his daughter's daughter, his son's choice to become a girl. He's proud of that. I wouldn't. I would be devastated. To be honest, I'd be extremely devastated. I'll be like, where did I go wrong? Did I ignore something? Did I did I did I really let so many outside influences um, have a say in this? Because you're 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 wishing. Imagine being happy about this when you don't realize that this is a really fucking tough life, and that there's a reason why I think forty percent of trans people try to commit suicide, and it's not because people aren't accepting; it's because they're fucking crazy, and everyone is is um going along with their delusion. It's like fat people. It's like really obese people, and we all have to pretend like these people are beautiful. No, they're not. No, they're not. Same thing. They're not women. They're, they're not. You're, you're a confused little boy who your parents are probably not there for you. So you look outside and then all these outside influences really are the ones uh, shaping you and indoctrinating you. This is all about indoctrination. So uh, that tweet, I, I then quoted that and um, I got some wonderful replies to that one. It was really cute. Uh, where is this? <laughs> so I said, his kid is 12. This is a 12-year-old. So I said, his kid is 12, and this is child abuse. He's given into his kid's delusion on national TV. Parents aren't immune to the trifecta of influence at play. The school system, psychoanalysts, entertainment industry. Hey, look how, um, look how I really don't stray from... I didn't even read that before, my little rant before. I'm pretty consistent. So the main dude who tweeted that, I guess he's patrolling his comments for smaller accounts like mine because, you know, we're trolls, and we got we to gotta call out the trolls. He goes, it sounds like your parents didn't love you, Josh. Man, this guy, this guy would be a horrible critical thinker because um, I have a really awesome family. My parents do love me, I think, I hope. And, uh, and then he says, I suggest going to therapy rather than projecting your trauma on Wade Union and their daughter. All right. So it, he's kind of proving my point that they want me to go to re-education camp, a.k.a. therapy. And, and then he's saying projecting your trauma. The one who is in trauma, experiencing trauma, is their son who thinks he's a girl. So then I got a lot of comments after that, and I don't mind. Again, I have thick skin. If you want to play this game online, you got to have thick skin. None of this should bother you, and it doesn't. I actually I actually appreciate it. As long as you don't report me and try to get me banned, I, I really don't care. So this other person said, It's just crazy that you are so offended by someone else living their life on their terms and not yours. All right. I'm not trying to stop anyone from doing anything. I'm not saying we need to ban this, that the government needs to come in and ban it or anything like that. With little kids and, and putting them on hormone blockers, yes, I am saying that. 
But with regards to anything else, I'm just trying to shed light on something that I find very worrisome um, that that is inflicting. It's one of the many things that is, is part of the cancer of society. And it's like we've all taken crazy pills and then we all believe the opposite of the truth. And then I'm here like, guys, this is the truth. And okay, so then he goes on to say, conservatives, conservatives talk a lot about freedom. And then when people exercise it, they're like, no, I meant freedom to follow all, all of my rules and beliefs. All right, guy, terrible critical thinker, all these people. Um, when in my tweet did I say that, that no one's allowed to do any of this? Just because there's pushback doesn't mean that it's the extreme. It's, 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 uh, there needs to be pushback. There needs to be pushback to this. There needs to be sane, rational voices when it comes to these sorts of things. And this is all happening. This is all happening because of the death of the nuclear family. When you don't value life of an unborn baby, when you think that you can fight nature and freeze your eggs, or when you think you can switch genders like this, um, there is something severely wrong with our society and our culture. And this, this is where the death of the nuclear family comes in. But before I get to that, the same people who attack me and say that um, I'm so offended and all that, listen... When I think of someone being offended, I think like, oh, they can't continue on with their day. That this is, that they are just walking angry and just like, oh, fuck, I can't. Oh, my God, there's so many things going. I'm happy. I go about my day. I eat my beef liver. I go to the gym. I play ice hockey. I watch ice hockey. I go to the movies. I'm fine. I'm worried about everyone around me. And I'm trying to be like, guys, take it easy for a second. Stop going to the extreme on all these things. It's a big one. Fuck you, dad. That's all this is. It's a big fuck you, dad, because the nuclear family is dying and it died. And this is all rebellion against that. But what I love when it comes to these things is another thing I saw that someone, and this is this was huge last week. It's something I kind of wanted to talk about, but it still fits with 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 what I'm talking about here, the way that they look at, the way that the left looks at people who consider themselves conservative is with disgust. They want to end you. They want you out. They want you with voiceless. They don't want you involved in the political process anymore. They don't want you involved in culture anymore, even though they need you, even though the movies need you, because you're you're a huge part of the 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 market. So there was um a tweet last week that this girl posted the the maps, the map of the United States, and it said, uh, these are the most highly educated states in America. And then it correlates the highest educated, and I'm saying that with air quotes, it correlates with the highest educated states voting for Democrats. So the, the, the <laughs> it's kind of like you need therapy, man. Um, just because I don't think like you, I need to start, I need to go into re-education. So these people look at, high education as university. You know what I look at when I when I look at universities and the highly educated? I look at debt, people who are in crazy amount of debt. They're debt slaves for life. And they, they're debt slaves because they listen to the mainstream media. They listen to the politicians. They listen to everyone that told them they need to go to college. 
that college is not just for the really impressive high IQ people. College is for everyone. And you need a degree. And you need a degree to be successful. Not that um, the degree starts being less valuable the more people have it. And, 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 and these are the people that tell you, take a, take a student loan worth $200,000. Take a student loan that you're going to, it's going to take you 50 years to pay off to the point where you're not going to be able to buy a house and get married and have kids and, and, and that you're going to be living in rent with roommates until you're 40. So you, you totally throw away the, the, the need and want of having a family because you've traded it for a worthless piece of paper. So you're now highly educated, but a highly educated lemming with a shit ton of debt. You could have went to trade school, made $100,000 a year being a plumber, and owned a house and had kids. But no, you got a stupid degree in business ethics or something, or HR, or hotel, uh, um, I don't know. What's the people in the hotel industry the, that it's... Um, Customer service bullshit. I don't. I forgot what it's called. You see, because I didn't go to college and I'm not highly educated and I'm part of the red state that uh, decide. I didn't even look, guys. You want to know how consistent I am with my beliefs? I didn't go to the to college. I didn't take a giant student loan uh, thing. Maybe I'm not the most uh, well versed person or or the most um, good with words guy. Eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm not the most eloquent person uh, and maybe I don't have the connections that I would have probably had in college but at least I'm not $200,000 in debt and I'm not a slave to debt like like you are you highly educated people are you're the ones who are part of the problem with the death of the nuclear family and it's sad so this article yesterday from the Atlantic which is left-leaning and it's funny because I'm 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 guilty of reading a headline and uh and then angrily tweeting something because like fuck this headline. This is part of the programming. This is a this is an article that they put out every week. Um and and then I I saw this headline and I I sent out three tweets, but then I then I I put those aside. I did send them out, but then I started to read the article. And and like I said, it's like a bad movie that was so close to being amazing. So this article is actually pretty well written. It's it's like a 50-minute long read. It's it's a giant. It's a giant essay. And it is almost amazing because it points out everything that I've been talking about. But it points out those things as part of progress. So it points it out as a problem but but a problem that's that that a problem that that um was a part of the death of the nuclear family but not part of the solutions of rejecting those things because again it's part of the progressive ideology i'm going to read you the headline and i'm going to read you my tweets and then i'm going to read you quotes that i took out from the article but the thing that is very annoying to me is that it's there this uh, this is like Lyndon Johnson, the president right after JFK, one of the worst presidents in the modern era, 
in modern American history. The reason is, is because he did many things to destabilize the black family and the family itself. And this is around the same time, actually, that the family started to disintegrate. They say that the nuclear family was was at its peak from the ni- 1950 to 1965. And this guy was president from 1963 to like 1968 or something like that. And the examples I'll give you quickly are um, the the poverty rate was dropping way before the war on poverty. But then Lyndon Johnson signed into law the war on poverty, which basically started the whole welfare system, which incur- and black families were doing really, really well up until this. Uh, the black family was doing really well up until the death of J- uh, uh, what's his, uh, Martin Luther King. And then the war on poverty gets enacted. And then it, it creates generations of, of women who who are encouraged to, to, to go on welfare and to have kids out of wedlock. And 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 again, it's like a perfect storm. So it's 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 women who have kids out of wedlock and kind of don't need no husband. And then those guy the husbands, <laughs> the guys who would have been the husband and would have created the stable household are um, going to prison at a higher and higher rate every year because they join gangs and uh, and sell drugs, and, and it's a revolving door. They're going in and out of prison all the time. So there's never a family. There's never a masculine figure, and, um, and that's how you destabilize the black family. He also, Lyndon Johnson, also went full force into war with Vietnam, which felt we... W- we wasted a ton of resources and money on and, and human capital in the war in Vietnam. And uh, it created the, all, all of these things kind of led into a horrible economy in the seventies. And, and this is where the disintegration started happening at a rapid pace. But these are all liberal um, policies that we looking back realize, oh, they don't work. They they clearly don't work, and here's the statistics. But these kinds of people want to double down on the things that don't work. So the 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 headline of this is the family structure we've held up as the cultural ideal for the past half century has been a catastrophe for many. Uh, it's time to figure out better ways to live together. And then it says, uh, the, the headline goes, the nuclear family was never going to last. Well, yeah, because of the, the social engineering that you guys are trying to do. The nuclear family is a relatively new invention, but it's an offshoot of the things that have existed for, for, for millennia before. It's like, it's, like, um, it's like a software update. It's like, oh, we finally tinkered and we figured out how it works within a society that we're not hunter and gatherers anymore. And um, basically, the nuclear family is a stable household, gender roles, the guy goes to work, the mother stays at home, and they have two and a half kids. Like, the average was two and a half kids. And they lived in a suburban area, and um, and uh, kids kind of roamed from house to house, and, 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 and everyone kind of... Not not that everyone raised the kid, but but there was it, it was about structure. So um, I'll read you my tweets, and 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 it's like you guys are pointing out the the problems, and the solution is right there. It's abandon. 
the progressive ideology. So I, <laughs> I angrily tweeted these three things before I read the article. I said, what these idiots don't take into consideration is it doesn't work when divorce is an easy decision, especially when kids are involved. Superficial sex trumps monogamy. The answers to all our problems lie in traditional methods. So I'm right. Still, I'm right. Like, I didn't read the article at this point, but I'm right. And it still applies. After reading the article, all of this still applies to this. So then I said, we are at our worst. Um, no, when we are at our worst, we are selfish for ourselves. When we are at our best, we devise social structures like the nuclear family for the good of the tribe. And then in parentheses, our genes. The idiots who write trash like this want us to regress to their level and languish with them. Then I said, articles like these expose how much they despise us, they meaning the media. They want us to be as unhappy as they are. The nuclear family is one of the most significant social structures devised by man, which is true. Then, um, then this is when I already was reading the article, and I highlighted certain things from the article, which was very frustrating because, again, the, 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 the problems that they're pointing out are positives to them. So I said the article uh, that the answers to why the nuclear family has collapsed are at the beginning of the article. We are stuck in a constant loop and don't realize it. Free love, self-esteem, self-discovery took pro prominence over self-sacrifice. So remember, um, three or four podcasts ago, I was talking about the century of the self. Uh, how Sigmund Freud, with his with his um, psychoanalysis and how his nephew created PR and started marketing things to our personality. So we started buying things based on how it made us feel about ourselves, And we crafted our own individualism out of what we consumed and what we bought rather than beforehand, we only bought what we needed. And the only people who bought based off of um, having excess income and all that were the really, really, really wealthy. So there's a happy medium. It's 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 kind of cool that we can all afford all kinds of different things and prices of things have dropped because of mass uh um what's it called? manufacturing. But 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 then it 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 turned way south in the 60s when the free love movement started taking prominence, when self-esteem became a thing, when how you felt uh mattered more than self-sacrifice. And you can't ever satiate how you feel. You're never going to be too. Ha you're never going to be as happy as they 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 want you to be. You're never going to be as satisfied sexually as they want you to be. You can never like like the more sex you have, especially with anonymous partners, the more uh, the more alone you're going to be. But they're pushing it. They're pushing that as a positive, which it, it's 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 even more detrimental to women. And self-discovery, it's, it's quackery, it's bullshit, it's pseudoscience. The thing that we all have to go back to is a, is a form of self-sacrifice. Is stop trying to satiate your primal needs and go to the other primal need of keeping your genes going. Meaning having kids, having a stable family, which it takes work every fucking day. And it's hard sometimes. So in the article I highlighted, 
um, this part. It says, society became more individualistic and more self-oriented. People put greater value on privacy and autonomy. A rising feminist movement helped endow women with greater freedom to live and work as they chose. He's writing this as if it's a good thing, especially the second part. It's a bad thing. The, the, you can look at the statistics. Women right now are the most unhappy they've ever been since we've been tracking all this stuff. The more freedom they've had, the, the more promiscuous they've gotten, the more unhappy they've become. And, and they keep putting it off, put it, putting ha- having a family off later and later and later. Women should should hold on to their chastity for as long as possible, and they should they sh- they should look at it as like a bag of treasure, <laughs> a bag, a chest of a treasure chest, and be like, uh, you can't have this unless you're serious about me. But they don't. They're told to act like shitty men, and that's it. So then the article goes on. From 1900 to 1979, themes of putting family before self dominated. Uh, wait, I read that wrong. Uh, from 1900 to 1979, themes of putting family before self dominated in the 1950s. Oh, before self dominated in the 1950s. You see, I'm stupid. Um, and then it says, in quote, love means self sacrifice and compromise in the 1960s and 70s putting self before family was prominent love means self-expression and individuality which is completely wrong but we all still believe this to this day and it's again wrong all you need to do is go back what were we thinking in the 50s how did we look at this in the 50s you know what happens to a society that has no skin in the game that keeps putting having a family off until it's too late um, you don't have, you don't care about where you live. You don't care about your country. You don't feel connected to anything. So then you start having a perverted v- worldview. Then you start thinking like, oh, we need to import more people in here that don't feel a connection to this land because none of it matters anyways. Well, you think that because you, you, you ignored your one basic need. The one thing that we all have in common Keep the gene going. So then it says, um, since the 1960s, the dominant family culture has been the self-expressive marriages. Americans, he has written, now look to marriage increasingly for self-discovery, self-esteem, and personal growth. Marriage according to the social... Okay, so um, it got cut off. But basically what it was saying was that um, this whole notion of like marry for love which is kind of a new invention, is is pretty much wrong. And and what happens with that is a lot of people get confused with the the like the 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 the, the what's it called the couples you see that are so passionate in the beginning, and they're so enamored with each other, they're they're jumping right into it. And that's not really how it was supposed to be, or how it really is. What you're really looking for is someone who you can be co-partners in life, like like a business partner <laughs> in life. You know, it's not always going to be amazing and feel good and uh, and uh, and lovey. Like it's not always going to be like that. There's going to be some some things that you're going to have to overcome. So th- what happens is people 
when they hit roadblocks, they're like, okay, fuck it, we're done. We're not in love. We fall, we fell out of love. That's why we got divorced. It's done. It's like, no, you have to work at that all the time. You're dealing with with people. And there's always, you know, it doesn't always mesh. Um, I was making fun of a guy in the gym yesterday because he brought his wife. And I'm like, bro, usually when people are with their their wives or girlfriends or something they're trying to impress them like you're you're lifting so little you you can go heavier than that and he goes oh no it doesn't matter we're married <laughs> and i'm like no but you have to always try to impress them you always have to it's part of the game you always have to do it um so then let me read you some more quotes cuz this is actually really interesting this goes into what i was talking about a few weeks ago another thing i highlighted it says, when hyper-individualism kicked into gear in the 1960s, people experimented with new ways of living that embraced individualistic values. This whole notion of individualism is, is, is all fake. It's bullshit. We're pretty much the same. We're all pretty much the same. So then it says, uh, today we are crawling out, of, out from that wreckage, uh, from the wreckage of, of hyper-individualism, which left many families detached and unsupported, and people are exper- uh, experimenting with more connected ways of living with new shapes and varieties of extended families. Um, this, is, this is where this article goes awry. This is where it's wrong. They're trying to reinvent certain things that, again, go back to the past. It's right there. The answer is right there. But they're trying to invent new things, which is completely wrong. And it shows an example, and I'm like, this is this is not right. Um, so it says the pr- uh, prioritization of family is beginning to make a comeback. Americans are experimenting with new forms of kinship and extended family in search of stability. Uh, okay, where is this going? And then it gives an example of how the family is making a comeback. But, you know, like the new updated version which we desperately need. We need a new invented, a new way, which is actually completely wrong, and it goes against everything. <laughs> like, um, even go back to the hunter and gatherers. These are people who had sex with each other and who you never really knew who the father was, but let's just say in a group of 50 people or something, you were all still kind of family. There was still blood. The bloodline was all with these people pretty much but when you cut to what they're going to talk about here it says at a co-housing community in oakland california pretty much san francisco no surprise there called temescal commons the 23 members ranging in age from 1 to 83 live in a complex with nine housing units this is not some rich bay area hipster commune the apartments are small and the residents are middle and working class they have a shared courtyard and a shared industrial-sized kitchen where residents prepare a communal dinner on Thursday and Sunday nights. Upkeep is shared responsibility. The adults babysit one another's children, and members borrow sugar and milk from one another. The older parents counsel the younger ones. When members of this extended family have suffered bouts of unemployment or major health crisis, the whole clan has rallied together. Now, on paper, this seems very nice, but usually these things kind of crash and burn. Look at the the hippie movements of the 60s where people lived on communes, they always uh, crash and burned. Go look at them. 
There were many popping up in the 60s. The communes were like, oh my God, this is going to be the future of how we live together. And they all ended up being very cult-like where people, they, you know, they tried to abolish in these, it started off with the abolishment of a hierarchy. So there was no leader. But because we're naturally inclined to do that as humans, especially when we start forming groups, um, it, the leaders within these communes started taking over and it became very oppressive very quickly. So I don't think that this is a real model to try to make a whole new family out of. And uh, and it's just really funny because it, these things can work for a little bit and then and then they just deteriorate really quickly. And and you're not inventing anything new. This this was what replaced the nuclear family in the 60s, the the communes, the hippie movement. This is not new. Um and then it goes on to say we consider all our kids all our kids. It worked when we were hunter and gatherers. Because that essentially was true. No one knew who the father was. It doesn't work like this. It just doesn't work like this. And then it goes on to say, Martin has a three-year-old daughter, Stella, who has a special bond with a young man in his 20s that never would have taken root outside of the extended family structure. All right, that, <laughs> that seems a little creepy. Let me continue. I'm almost done, by the way. But today's extended family living arrangements have much more diverse gender roles. That, like... These things don't work. Your whole diversity thing and your whole diverse gender roles thing doesn't work. Time and time again, you're proven wrong and you double down, like Hollywood does with their movies. This is why everything I've spoken about on this podcast are pretty much interlinked. The last thing I'm going to read about this, and it, it look, I'm this is a this is an hour long read. Go find the article. If you can't find it, um, DM me on Twitter, at Josh Lakash on Twitter, or Sadwater on Instagram, and I'll send it to you. And read it. The problem with this article is it's like highlighting the self-esteem and self-discovery and individualistic movements that ha were being popularized in the 60s. And, uh, and it's highlighting these things. And even at, at times it highlights it as a negative thing. But it's doubling down on that mentality, which is why this article was so close to being amazing. And it's totally bat. It's like it's batshit crazy. So uh, the last quote from this article I'm going to read to you is this. The modern chosen family movement came to prominence in San Francisco. No surprise there. In the 1980s among gay men and lesbians, many of whom had been estranged from their biological families and had only one another for support in coping with the trauma of the AIDS crisis. In her book, Families We Choose, Lesbians, Gay, Kinship, the, anthro the anthropolog anthropologist Kath uh, Weston writes, The families I saw uh, gay men and lesbians creating in the Bay Area tended to have extremely fluid boundaries, not unlike kinship organization among sectors of the African-American, American Indian, and the white working class. I don't know what that last part means, but um, so basically we got to look to what the gays did in the <laughs> in, during the AIDS crisis as, um, as an example of what we need to do. And, why, and, and it's like an example of why these movements work. This is an example of why these movements work to them. All I'm saying is look to the past with everything 
the Trump actually um, he's he's going to sign an executive order that mandates all federal buildings be built in a classical architectural style, which blew my mind when I when I found that out last week. And Tucker Carlson had a whole segment dedicated to this, and it, he explained it so clearly that it's surprising that people don't um, don't care and don't look to that as as a piece of the puzzle. Because up until 1945, we built for beauty. Everything was about beauty and, uh, and, and, and timelessness. What was built then is still pretty today. And then after that, they took a more brutalist approach to architecture and it looked like it looked like uh these weird buildings built in communist regimes like that's that's the style that took over and they have to knock down these buildings every 20 years they have to knock them down and rebuild uglier and uglier and uglier buildings when all they need to do is build for beauty because beauty is timeless and traditional values are also timeless i am sad water that was Sadcast episode 89. Here's a song. I love you. Bye. I'm coming out of the devil. I'm going to rip that off. <laughs> rock out with my cock out. Rock out with my motherfucking cock out. Let niggas shut up, shut up, bitch. I got a problem. Bitch, keep calling. I need a new number. Shut up, bitch. They know I'm the shit. Ew. I need a plunger. Mm. Yeah. Look at my bitch. God damn. I think I love her. Okay, let's go. Let me go. Yeah. I'm telling you. you Tell him twice. How they let baby get rich? Let's go. He be broad day with them sticks. Let's go. I do not play with no bitch. Don't play. And I've been there wasting like six. Yeah. And I was smoking weed at age five. Five. My cousin doing life, he crip. He crip. I be jumping off the stage in my shows. Kevin Gates hoes grabbing on my dick. You looking for a lawsuit, pulling out your camera, didn't think I saw you, yeah, bitch. Had to stop taking pictures, cause y'all be in your feelings, and I don't like to argue, yeah, bitch. Wanna see me on the shade room, looking for a come up, wanna see me pay you, huh, bitch. And I'm the neighborhood hero, but I don't got my cape on, cause I'm not trying to save you, no, bitch. I'm hearing they having trouble with the back end. All hundreds. All hundreds. We don't want to see nothing but some hundreds. I need a plunger. Mm. Yeah. Look at my bitch. God damn. I think I love her. Let's go. Let me go. That's what happened when you get over a million dollars in a weekend. Your foot go numb, man. When you get too much money, man, your foot get to going numb, man. Yeah, let nigga shut up, shut up, bitch. I got a problem, bitch. Keep calling. I need a new number, shut up, bitch. They know I'm the shit. Ew, I need a plunger. Mm. Yeah, look at my bitch. God damn, I think I love. Okay, let's go. Let me go. Yeah. Number one album, first week. First week. Bougie on the bitch, I don't speak. Yeah. How the fuck is songs sound the same? How? But he laughing to the bank every week. How? Look at baby shooting past niggas. Shoot. Turn up on the stupid ass nigga. Fool. She was real skinny when I met her. What you do? Butter till the booty got big. Mm. I'ma let you niggas stay lost. Let you listen to the blogs that you think I ain't to go, huh? Huh? Walking with a big four five and it's already caught. When I pull it out, don't run. Boom. You nigga know I'm still about whatever. Aha. Uh-huh. Take this bitch and my bitch out together. Hold on, man. Hold on, man. Stop that motherfucking music. Brother in here, still, still doing some tightening up. Still doing some tightening up. Still, <laughs> I'm still doing some tightening up.
still doing some tightening up. We, we getting there. It's getting there. It's, 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 it's a work. It's how you tighten me up. Right? All the way up. Hey, All the way up. up. All the way up. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because for real, you know what it is? It's real talk. Y'all, y'all gonna be bigger. Man, I'm the best motherfucker. Right? No, you're not. All your shit sound the same. Bro. That nigga, shut up. Shut up. I got a problem. Bitch, I need a new number. Shut up, bitch. No, I'm the shit. Ew. I need a plunge. Yeah. Look at my bitch. God damn. I think I love this. Yeah. 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 That nigga, shut up. Shut up, bitch. I got a problem. Bitch, keep calling. I need a new number. Shut up, bitch. They know I'm the shit. Ew. I need a plunge. Mm. Yeah. Look at my bitch. God damn. I think I love her. Okay, let's go. Yeah. I heard he beat his fans up. Beat him I heard he don't like to take pictures. I heard he, he married. No, he's not. He's just wanted a picture. He beat him to a coma. I heard he fucked with old girl. He's Illuminati. He moved to Charlotte when he was seven. All y'all shut the fuck up. Suck my dick, nigga. I work too hard to explain to myself. I'm gone. Shut the fuck up, nigga. Forgive me for being a human and not being a machine. 